Wheel of Time Turns and Ages Coming Past, Leaving Memories That Become Podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 32 through 37 of The Great Hunt, book two of The Wheel of Time. Last time. So previously on the Dragon Reread, the village folk were getting harassed by a bunch of Sean Chan and White Cloaks. Not not a good time. Uh, the Horn Hunters got to meet a cool Isleman, and Rand gets a badass wolf name, so that was nice. Uh, Tom gets himself a young lady friend and turns down an opportunity to get chased by evil shit again. For some reason, he's like, no, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rand proceeds to immediately get chased by evil shit, proving that Tom was absolutely right. Uh, but he zorches the motherfuckers with some stolen explosives. It was, it was a lot of fun. His fireworks yeah. work really well against Trollocs, apparently. As you do. Uh, the horn and dagger are stolen in a mysterious fire, but our divided main characters are all reunited, which, you know, makes me happy because it's less chapters to keep track of. <laughs> now they're all together. Uh, they make a plan to steal back their stolen stuff by paying a surprise visit to Lord Barthanus Damadred. What could go wrong? <laughs> right, we'll find out. Yeah. So, chapter 32. Dangerous words. <laughs> it, sound, it sounds like a, like a Hallmark movie or something. Dangerous words <laughs> starring Liza Bertinelli. <laughs> uh, with the icon of a loot. Valerie Bertinelli. Uh, What's the difference? Yeah, yeah Valerie Bertinelli is a famous, um, she does like all the Lifetime, Lifetime movies. movies. Yeah. Oh, like Not Without My Daughter. She, is exactly. it just Lifetime or she do Oxygen also? Probably she yeah. does Oxygen. I imagine there's a good crossover. That's true. That's so. Yeah. So Rand and company go to the party. And they, I guess Matt is pretending to be a servant and uh, Ingtar is just a lord. Like he's an actual lord. So he can actually just go to this party and fit in, right? Well, okay. But only Rand was invited. So really it's like Rand and like 15 plus ones. Yeah, that's really rude. Bad manners. Well, I mean, I mean, you know. It's a lordly party, right? You bring all these add-ons that add to your prestige. like, And that's how... It was like his Pokemon, right? He's got an Aes Sedai and an Ogier and a Shinar and Lord and all this stuff. That's true. He, he does have... So you would consider that his entourage, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, he just rolls up. <laughs> Roll, rolls up with his... Yeah, like if you invite... I don't know. Squad goals. Have Kanye like a... West to your party, you expect him to show up with a bunch of people, right? Well, uh, so so, are you saying Rand is essentially Kanye West in this world? He's pretending to be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, they the the people in the games really seem to be feeling Rand. Well, we we get into a lot of alternate world stuff in these chapters, and it's very possible that Rand's alternate in this world is Kanye West <laughs> because he is crazy. Oh, that's a good point. They do both kind of have a lot in common, right? <laughs> yeah, right. He's got like he's like really talented. Surely, at some point in the five thousand novels that make up the Wheel of Time series, he says, "I'm gonna let you finish." That's gotta happen at some point. I'm sure. Yeah. So this is a a very fancy lords and ladies party. Yeah. Full of lords and ladies. And lots of lots of entertainment. Like this, every room has stuff going on. This party actually sounded pretty lame to me. Really? Why? Because they specifically said that all the people are standing in little groups just talking to each other, like a, a distance away from each other so they couldn't overhear. So it's yeah. like a high school dance. Kind of, yeah. Like, yeah. Awkward, you know, and there's all this entertainment, but but everybody's too fancy to look at the entertainment. They're ignoring the 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 only interesting the cool thing stuff, happening the, the party. and the the gleeman and stuff. See, this is this is what I'm saying. This They're game just is talking bullshit. about their their like political bullshit instead of this doing anything fun. I mean, do we know they're talking about political bullshit? They could be in their different groups talking about like what happened last week on Game of Thrones or, <laughs> you know, that outfit that Lady whatever Fancy Pants is wearing. It's very possible, that's, yeah. Um, excuse me, that's Lady Von Fancy Pants. <laughs> excuse me, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we finally meet uh, Lord Barthanus. 
because he comes and introduces himself. Yeah. Uh, and everybody's staring at Rand because Rand is the toast of the town because... Because um, he's burning everyone's invitation. He's burning everyone's invitation. <laughs> and Borthanus has so many stripes on his coat. Yeah. Because stripes and stripes are rank in uh, Kyrian. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah they, they mentioned the, the more important you are, the longer your like list of stripes. Yeah, the, remember the soldiers just had like one stripe and that one that one officer that interrogated Rand had two stripes. Mm-hmm. But Barthanus has, like, all these stripes, like, down to his knee. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine it's sort of like a Boy Scout, like, uh, what are they called? Uh, badge sash? Boy yeah. Scout sash? It's some kind of system. And I, they're, they're all different colors, too, but I don't know if that's important. It's the stuff you did to boys in the back of the bus. What? When it used to be a thing where girls, they'd wear the different colored oh, like, yeah. bands for the different stuff they did. <laughs> so, yeah. so you know that Barthanus is down for, like, anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything different colors anyone. do you need for different things you can do for boys? Four. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Mike and us. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, they wear really dumb clothes, though. Like, it says the women, their dark skirts were so wide, they would have had to turn sideways to pass through any doorway narrower than those of the manor. So I'm imagining women with these, like, two-dimensional, like, triangle right, dresses. Right, they're not round. That's, yeah. Right, they're not hoop skirts. It's basically just, like, a cardboard cutout that they've got strapped to the front of them. I yeah. think so. <laughs> <laughs> Those dinosaurs in Jurassic Park that make themselves bigger and yeah. scare you yeah. with their fins. <laughs> That's how they do in Kyrian. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Lord Barthanus, uh, well, for one, there's a there's a waygate nearby, Ogier. Or Ogier, I was calling him Ogier because I'm racist. Wow, he's got a name, you know. We can <laughs> yeah. call him Loyal. Yeah, Loyal can tell that there's a, a waygate nearby. And... Uh, all the like, like Matt and Huron and the servant types are going and looking for it, while the all the other people are blending in, quote unquote, at this party. Right. And I thought Rand's conversation with Lord Barthanus himself was hilarious because he's just like spouting random shit he's heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's like Rand is just saying kind of like the most generic stuff he can, uh-huh. and Barthanus like every time he says it, it's like oh, a master move in the great game. <laughs> God, I hate this great game. <laughs> yeah. Me personally, I really hate this great game. Mm-hmm. And I think that Barthanus thinks he's Gawain, the the sword prince of Andor, or whatever his title was, Elaine's brother, the prince. He does. He does seem to think he's of royal blood, not just a lord, but well, like. Yeah, at one point he's like, you know, I heard that Gawain of Andor has red hair and is a sword master, and you are from Andor with red hair and. Rand's like, uh, yeah, you know, I met him once. And Barthanus <laughs> is like, ah, yes, a master move. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, that's everything that, that's happening with Rand so far summed up, essentially, right? Like, every time he does something, everyone's like, oh, he's a master of the great game. <laughs> yeah, I'm bring yeah. these invitations. Oh, I see. Yeah, yes, of course. <laughs> and uh, Rand does do land stuff, right? He does cat crosses the courtyard again. Yeah. yeah. While he with- says, I like to walk. Definitely the best line in the entire series. <laughs> oh, he likes to walk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a master move. <laughs> and uh, so then Barthana says, you've given me much to think about, and leaves him alone. <laughs> and Rand's like, what? I don't know what just happened. <laughs> Great, I guess. Good. And gets cornered by predatory women, which is a recurring theme with these chapters. It yep, is. For sure. And the women are all like, you know, because he's a... A handsome lord who is a master of playing the great game. They're trying to get up on that dragon dick. Yeah, they are. They're, it's all like older women who are talking to him about how their husbands are out of town. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's a really weird scene for me. You know, it's like he's cornered there. And he's like, I don't know what to do with this. You know, yeah, like, he, he literally escapes. Milfs coming out of the woodwork everywhere. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
And he talks to Tom, and Tom is there. And Tom's just, like, yeah, you should stay away he's from working. this. He's like, yeah, right? <laughs> he's like, yeah, don't don't pork any of those women. That's my advice, kid. <laughs> so basically, don't stick your dick in crazy. In, exactly. Because yeah. these women True are in all worlds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Huron comes to get him, because uh, there's something going on. They found something. I ha- I'm sorry, I have yeah. to say one thing. This cracks me up. Tom is giving him advice to not go with all these different ladies, and he mentions one specifically. He says... Brienne Tarbowin alone would give you an education such as every man should have at least one in, once in his life if he can live through it. <laughs> so, right. so Tom's like, you know, well, you can earn some stripes this way, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so That's what the stripes Tom, really mean. <laughs> Tom clearly knows about sex. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, mean, like, like he, yeah, he, I mean, yeah, right. I mean, he does have his lady back at the back at the house, and he did hook up with the 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 queen of you know Andor. That's true. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's like Morgus? he's like he's like a high roller. So, he's I mean, a big like, player. Is, is he like a, s- a swinger? Like this, you know? He's like he's participated in the sex games back when he used to play the game. I don't know, but he obviously gives double mustache rides. So <laughs> that's true. Which are tw- exactly twice as good as a regular mustache <laughs> ride. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, chapter thirty-three: A message from the dark. With a picture of a leaf, because that's the sign of Waygates. Yeah, I think that we decided that's the Avendasaur leaf, probably. Yeah, I believe so. So, uh, yeah, Rand joins Matt and Loyal and Huron in the servants' quarters, and the servants' kind of having a party, too. And the, Huron says the you know their parties suck, yeah. just as much as that party does. They're all, it's all politics. Yeah. Like, soup to nuts, the beginning and end. Yep. Can, and I just want to point one thing out, going back to it, um... So Rand is talking to Huron and asks where Ingtar is, and Huron says, Ingtar let himself be cornered by six or seven of those who call themselves ladies. I couldn't get close enough to speak to him. Rand <laughs> only got three ladies. Ingtar got seven. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, that's the real meat. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Rand is still kind of an unknown quantity. Ing- Ingtar's like a-, a lord, for sure, you know? He- he's- they know what he is, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's a soldier guy. He's probably fit, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. So the the dark friends that they uh, Huron tracked the dark friends to a walled enclosure in the gardens, and uh, they go out there and check it out at night in the in the gardens. And the waygate's in there. That's a real problem. Like once they get in a waygate, they're kind of hosed, right? I mean, like that's hard. That's yeah. really bad well, for real estate. <laughs> well, I mean, like they, they up until now they've been like tracking them, and then now it's just like oh, yeah. they can pop out anywhere really. So it's, yeah, like, they could be anywhere. And I I don't know if Huron's sniffing can track the dark friends through the ways yeah that's a good point i mean rand seems to be hoping that that'll be the case but you know i guess it becomes irrelevant pretty quickly yeah because they open the way <laughs> and machin shin is right there waiting for them it's, yeah. it's all black and it starts oozing out through the the way gate at them but rand gives it a little bit of the dragon action <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he channels at it uh in some way this his instinctive way and there's this big struggle uh it knows his name by the way it calls him all thor that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, it's uh, and it's it's doing something that I guess it doesn't normally do. It's they they say that it's like confined to the ways, but it yeah. seems like it's trying to get out. Yeah, right. It's pushing against the barrier and like slowly coming out. Yeah, and it's unusual that it was waiting by the door too, because apparently it, it's directionless. Yeah, it, it roams. Yeah. yeah. So I I think this is Patton Fane. I think Patton Fane has got some kind of connection with Machin Shin. He's able to command it and make it do things that otherwise wouldn't do. Maybe, yeah. but even Varen doesn't think that's possible. And well, she knows a lot. That's a good point. She 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 should, should know pretty much better than anyone being a member of the Brown Aja, but you right. know, but we as far as we can 
as far as we know and have heard, Padden Fane is something new. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's different than anything else because right. he's got these weird mixtures of evils in him. He's uh he's been dipping his toes in the different you know eldritch <laughs> right. horrors. Same platter of eldritch horror. <laughs> That's right. So they uh they can't go that way. So they head back to the party, and uh, they decide it's time to leave because they were here for the horn. Yeah. But uh, Barthanis, before they go, has a message for Rand from Padden Fane. So he for sure 100% is a dark friend, right? He's there working for him, right? Yeah, this is... Uh, I was a He's little bit surprised at how candid Barthanis was in this conversation. Because mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you know, he, he talks about the Trollocs and he talks about all these things going on. He makes it super clear that he's a dark friend, which is something that typically yeah. dark friends don't do. Right. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's rich and powerful, so there's it's hard for there to be a consequences for him yeah i wonder if maybe he thought rand was a dark friend too i thought he maybe he thought he was talking to i've been remember that uh, the dark friend orgy at the beginning yes mm-hmm. like all those dark friends know what rand looks like that's true yeah so they would know him on site so i'm always watching for people that recognize rand yeah mm-hmm. and barthanis didn't seem to recognize rand so maybe he, he was a lord right I, if he was a dark friend maybe he was at that party yeah. That's Though a, I guess he, he couldn't he couldn't have been, because he still thinks Rand is Gawain or something. The thing about Barthanis is, I think he's kind of a shitty dark friend because he's so <laughs> caught up in the great game. Like, mm-hmm. to him, even though he's doing this dark friend thing, I think the great game is more important. So he he maybe is making choices that a dark friend wouldn't normally make because they, <laughs> they benefit him in the great game, you know? Uh-huh. He has to choose between extracurriculars. <laughs> exactly. Either the great game or being a dark friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just so, it's so hard to choose sometimes. I know. Mm-hmm. Which would look better on a college application? <laughs> Probably a dark friend. <laughs> yeah. It depends on the college. <laughs> the Yeah, so the message, I didn't write it down, but basically it's Pat and Fane saying, once again, you got to come to Tomon Head. Well, we've been hearing about this whole book. Tom on head, Tom on head. Which is not that surprising. I mean, it's not the first time that Patton Fane said Tom on head. You know? Yeah, he said that's where he's going. Uh, so they basically agree that they're going to ride for Tom on head. Did and you look at a map by, ch- by chance? Uh, it's way over it's to the... literally on the opposite side of the map. Because <laughs> at this point, they've made the, they're in Kyrian, which is pretty close to the spine of the world, which is all the way know. to the east. Yeah. Uh, Tom on head is like the, the westernmost... Point. It's like a, a piece of land jutting out on the westernmost oh, coast of headland. Yeah. whatever this. What is uh, the whole world called in this? That doesn't have a name, does it? Middle Earth. Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah. Other Middle Earth. Yeah. yeah. Other Middle Earth. Center Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Kyrian, all the way over to Tom. So it's, yeah, it's right. this little peninsula sticking out on the western coast yeah. of the. So it yeah, is like as far as is possible. Months to be. of riding. Yeah. Yeah. So that sucks. But they make a basic plan to go to another waygate where hopefully they won't be devoured by much and shit immediately and, and use the ways. Yeah, Baron, Baron jumps to waygates pretty fast, but I mean, I guess that's the only option because mm-hmm. it's a long ride. Yeah. That's, this is about as, this is further than they've actually traveled through the entire course of the books up till now, right? Because yeah, they're actually traveling, yeah. Yeah. So, chapter 34 The Wheel Weaves with the Wheel of Time. So, uh, this is another chapter of uh, else, Elsewhere, or what do you call it? Side characters. Meanwhile, yeah. in yeah. the other places in the world. So uh, Tom heads back to the inn, and it's really sad because Dina is dead. Yeah, this was pretty fucked up. You know, Tom was, like, getting to a place where he was happy, and he yeah, had, like, he in a, good spot a plan. Yeah. And then, like, this 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 bullshit happens. This great game, man. It pisses me off. I hate yeah, this game. Basically yeah. just because he talked to Rand, right, yeah. at the party. Yeah. So, like, these guys just came, and they, they were looking for him, but they killed Dina, and they were waiting for him, and he... 
fucking wastes them. No kidding. Like, he kills one of them immediately, and the other one he, he threatens and, like, interrogates, and then, then he kills him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Tom's like, kind of a badass. He's a murder machine. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot... I mean, he was a court bard. Was he, like, an assassin or something? He Like, it, it does seem like his skills are often awfully assassiny. And <laughs> a bard would have access to places... A court bard would have access to places that an assassin would like to be. So... Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he interrogates the guy. The guy... Says he works for Barthanis, right? Yeah, it, it's weird. This 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 conversation is kind of strange because he says that he's working for Barthanis, but also that he wasn't necessarily sent there. It's just like there's an open request for information. He's like, hey, we could probably sell. Yeah, so he even tries to get Tom on his side. Like, like he thinks that Tom's gonna. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, forget about him. you know all that murder I just y- did. Yeah, your dead girlfriend who's lying right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, but it's all, I guess it's the great game. I think it's, this is how it's played. Some of what this guy is saying is true and some of it is false. And yeah. he says something kind of cryptic too. He says that there's a woman, a lady I've seen more than once while asking after him if we can find out who she is. And yeah. I was trying to figure out what lady they were talking about. I think about. that's got to be Celine. Celine? It's got to yeah. be Celine. Because I think that they're, they're following Rand's trail and Celine is also around Rand often, you know, just like watching in the periphery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be my guess. Anyway, so they find out... That they actually work for Galdrian. Yeah, after Tom kills a guy. Like, he goes for his knife, and Tom apparently sticks a knife into his eye and kills him. Yeah. Because Tom is hardcore, right? Yeah. Uh, but this... And the innkeeper shows up to give a lot more useful information, which is that... And she recognizes him. She's like, that guy works for Galdrian. So he said he worked for Barthanis, but he actually works for the king. Yeah, this, 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 this was very confusing to me. Like, I, I get that, you know... You might try and protect the, your employer, but if he's about to die, why would he lie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I, he's playing the game, right? This is how yeah. it's played. Yeah. Maybe he correctly assumed that the only way out of this was if he gets Tom on board with the get-paid plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, other news from the innkeeper is Barthanis is dead. He'd been torn apart in his own bedroom. With his head placed on a spike above the fireplace. Yeah. Holy huh. crap! Yeah, that's messed that, up. That happened in the last few hours, right? Y- yeah, it had to have because this is this is the next. This is a- right after that same party. And for the for the news to get out to the four city, even like really shocking news like that, would have taken a while. So it must have happened maybe at the party. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, my my suspicion is that Barthenis is playing the well. Okay, so we've got Padden Fane who I don't think is working for the Dark Lord anymore, or, or not working for he who... What was his name? He who... Not. Voldemort? Voldemort, yeah. He's not working for Voldemort anymore. He's kind of <laughs> off on his own. Shaitan, yeah. But what are we supposed to call him? The Dark One. The Dark One, okay, yeah. So Patton Fane is not working for the Dark One anymore, I think. So all these Dark Friends are helping him, not knowing that he's not working for the Dark One anymore, but maybe or the Dark One is... scared of him. Or they're scared of him, and I think maybe the Dark One is, like, coming in behind him and just, like, zorching the people who helped Patton Fane because he's pissed off. Yeah, that's, that's all I can guess. Yeah. But who would have torn him to pieces? Right? Yeah. yeah. I have to say, like, I don't see the purpose of the great game, because the characters are about to just leave <laughs> Kyrian, and is the great game going to come back? Is this actually an integral part of the storyline the purpose in the book or the purpose in the, the world? The purpose in the book. I think it's just an aspect of Kyrian. 
is yeah. part of the I, I, I think he's trying to, of the yeah, world. He's trying to illustrate like a different culture in Kyren, but I guess I it, also find it very frustrating. Well, yeah, I know you personally find it frustrating, but it also just seems kind of like a lame plot device. Oh, why are they doing that? It's the great game. <laughs> okay, so people die and we have some crazy conversations and now they're going to leave the great game. Mm. So well, it's kind of like, mean, what's the point? Arguably the Taveran are the same kind of thing, right? It's like all these things happen that are kind I mean, of like... It might be... The point might be that all these people are concerned with their little little affairs. That this, these are what's important to them, but they don't know that the dragon is reborn and the age is ending and none of this stuff actually matters. Mm-hmm. And their, their petty concerns are going to be irrelevant. Mm-hmm. There could be some commentary about like this... This kind of this this gossip wheel that that seems to be spinning so rapidly in Kyrian and how it doesn't matter to anything else that's actually happening in the world. I would find that very frustrating, uh, just in terms of, tel- of story wise. Yeah. If it turns out that none of this matters at all, and then being in Kyrian doesn't really matter at all, except that the horn was stolen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we haven't met Galdrian, and he's he seems like he might be an important character at some point. Yeah. So maybe he'll maybe that'll be part of it. I wanted to point out that this innkeeper is extremely helpful. This is a very full surface inn because she is going to clean up bodies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got the impression we've we've met her before, right? I got the impression that she and Tom go way back. Like they, I think they do. Yeah. yeah. But it's still like yes. <laughs> there's like going way back, and then there's I will take care of these three bodies for you, no questions asked. Yeah. Way back. That's Maybe a he's point. a preferred customer. <laughs> this is true. He's a gold yeah. star member. Exactly. <laughs> I guess. I mean, he gives her some money, I guess, but you know. She doesn't. She seems like she would have done it without the money. Yeah, right. And she's not even shocked, really. Just sort of like, oh, one of these again. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Kyrian. This is the great game, right? Maybe this is not that unusual. <laughs> it's true. Uh, she's as... just surprised Tom survived. <laughs> right. Oh, you're still alive, huh? As Tom leaves, uh, he sees that the granaries are on fire in Kyrian, which is bad. This this whole city is about to fall apart. Mm. Yep. Yeah, it was all. It was already tense already, but uh, he doesn't care because he's out for revenge. Gonna, he, yeah, he was going to go kill Barthanis, but now he's like, now he's thinking about killing Galdrian, I guess. Cause, <laughs> right. You know, Maybe he's going to like play the great game in some epic way. Become the king of Kyrian. Right. That'd yeah. be kind of cool. Yeah. So we cut to uh, Pad and Vane. He goes to Falm, the the place that Bael Domon went last time to meet with High Lord Turak and everything. Yeah. And uh, Pad and Vane goes and meets uh, High Lord Turak himself, just sort of walks right up to it. Yeah, because the, the Shanshan don't seem particularly concerned about anyone in the area. Yeah, they don't. They're, I don't know if it's arrogant or if they realize that they're so much more powerful than everybody in this area. Well, they do have the, they do have some, some tricks up their sleeves with a chained Aes Sedai and they're kind of monsters that they, that yeah. they're tame monsters. Well, this is a common thing that we see in different places, right? Where this notion that these invaders show up and they think that they're, the other people, it's not that they hate them or dislike them, they just are lesser beings. Like, we see that with the White Cloaks, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And yeah. we see this with the Shanchen too. These invaders come in and just have, they don't treat the other people in a humane way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're like less, yeah, that's true. They don't even care yeah. about them. Yeah, it's yeah. not that they're being dicks, they just don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Padden gives Turok the horn and the dagger, the dagger kind of accidentally. Yeah. Because Turok knows how to end, uh, open the, the case with the horn in it. Yeah, I guess Patton Fane doesn't expect that. Yeah. He expects that, you know, it's just going to be the case. And then he's going to... I guess he, he was hoping that he'd be able to open the case and be kind of he's, useful. He's worm-tonguing Turok. Yeah. He he's trying wants to. to. Yeah. Which is a totally more death thing to do. Yep. And he... 
so he gives him the horn and he tries to get him to blow the horn and be a hero and like, you know, kill everybody and rule the world and I will be your advisor or whatever. But Turok's like, no, I'm just going to give it to the Empress because I'm loyal to the Empress. I actually kind of like this section because Padden Fane often seems supernaturally capable, as in it seems like he's able to do things that, that don't make a lot of sense, like mm-hmm. when he's killing people, when he's <laughs> killing a fade with, you know, with his, with his magic or something, and they don't really explain that. I'm, I'm glad that he's not having much success here, because I, I think I would find it frustrating if everyone was, like, dancing to his strings, even though he doesn't know anything about these people, you know? Yeah, right. He just walks... Yeah, that's true. He doesn't know... He doesn't even care about these people. He just sort of walks in and says, well, I'm going to manipulate these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he didn't even know they had an empress until he had this conversation with Turok. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we do get lots of info about uh, about the Shanshan. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and uh, apparently Shandar is where they're from, which is the, a city or something. Yeah. Maybe a palace. Yeah. They, they mention that. Yeah. He, he, he talks a little bit about the, the culture of of the courts of Shandar and how yeah you know, and every, how the, everyone's always listening there's an empress and there's the blood and yeah the empress has spies everywhere he has a special name which I forget what it is the listeners I think yeah and then there's also like the seekers of truth which are torturers yeah torturers like. of course yeah yeah because you can't just call them the torturers hey, we also learned a little bit about the the horn that I think we didn't know before that whoever blows it only they can use the horn until they yeah. die yeah from then on yeah so it's bound to them. Which is, that's very interesting. Yeah. And yeah, the guy, Turok says, if I blew the horn, then the Empress would just assume that I wanted to overthrow her. Yeah. And I don't. And Patton Fane's, well, you know, what you could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't know, so Mordet seems to have a supernatural ability to corrupt people, so maybe it just takes time. Well, that, that's what Patton Fane's thinking. That's a good point. I mean, like, even though Turok is playing his cards very carefully, just having that dagger around, as mm-hmm. we know, is incredibly dangerous. Yeah. I, I kind of like Turok. <laughs> he's he's very he's silly, you know. Yeah. Like I like how effete he is, but how like iron iron hard his rule is. Mm-hmm. Like that combination. And I I there's just this one line I really love too. Fane is trying to protest with Turok and convince Turok to blow the horn, and this uh, bodyguard or whatever it is who's there with Turok smacks Pat and Fane and says. You know, don't talk to him like this. And Fane decided how the man was going to die. That's such a good line. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Fane, Fane has got his, his revenge planned out in lots of different ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also think it's interesting how things work with Turok and, and the servants. Uh, they are they are preternaturally attentive, I would say. Like, he, he before he even has to ask for anything... They're, they're coming in and, and putting right. things. They know what he needs and like stuff. They're watching him at all times. It's kind of like the the Queen of England. Yeah. And I've been watching the show The Crown, and that's kind of how it is. You know, just these people come out of the woodwork, and she's never really alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He like he walks over with a horn, and he doesn't even say anything. They start bringing out little stands for him to present it on. And, yeah. yeah. So the last uh, important thing is that Fane tells him that Rand and team are a bunch of dark friends and to watch out for them. Which Turok doesn't seem to actually give a shit about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, he says something like, oh, we don't have dark friends in Shandar. I'd like to meet one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure they don't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Fane's plan doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I felt the same way. Like, he, he's mad at Rand. So what he's going to do is go corrupt some really powerful military force and use it against Rand. I, I think that you actually are on the right track. It, this didn't occur to me until you said it. But I think if we consider that he's essentially more deaf. And just by being around, 
he's achieving his goals by taking control by getting the the in, by having influence over someone in a in a leader position. Mm-hmm. He's going to start corrupting all those around him. What he really wants is to destroy the world. He said yeah. it. He's like the world is beating me up, and I want to take my yeah. take it out of the world. And specifically, Rand. Yeah, he, he really hates Rand in particular, also. Mm-hmm. But but I think that I think that all he's trying to do is just poison everything around him, because mm-hmm. then that 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 he wins, right? But why Tomon Head? Why not Galdrian or Barthanas? That is a good. Point. And it was even more confusing to me that because Fane was surprised that uh, Turok was able to open the chest and get the horn out. He didn't know he would be able to do it. It would have made more sense to me that he would have gone to Turok if he'd known Turok was able yeah, to do right? so. Yeah, right. Yeah, that guy has knowledge from the old world from before the whatever. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It, it seemed like a, a pretty long gamble to, to use this horn as a bargaining chip when it's like, the only thing that Fane really has, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and the dagger. And, oh, yeah, Turok keeps the dagger, yeah. which is like, that's the thing that Fane really wants, because he's got that dagger addiction, just like Matt. Yeah. Yeah. So, chapter 35, Steading Sofu. I think I'm saying that right. Sofu, you think? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and there's a picture of a tree, and we haven't seen this before, right? Mm-mm. Like a really cool tree with lots of leaves. I think this is probably one of the great trees of the Ogier. Yeah. Yeah, they're, 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 I, I really like those descriptions. They're like regular kinds of. I guess this is what the the, the groves used to be made of, right? It was like the grove with a series of great trees or something. Mm-hmm. So Rand and Ingtar and team they travel to Steading Sofu, which is close to Kyrian, and uh, they can feel it when they enter, like like a refreshing something that goes through their body. Yeah, everyone feels it, not just people who have magical yeah, connections. Yeah, and and it, the channeling is is gone. Right. Uh, the the. Sight in, the thing that Rand's been trying to avoid is gone once he goes in there, but he misses it. Uh, which is, which is what we've heard before. I, I think they, we, it was in the last book that someone mentioned that uh, when when the, the corruption first happened, men tried to go to the steadings to... Yeah. <clears throat> but they couldn't stay for long because yeah, that, they longed for it. I guess, yeah, they have mentioned that, but it still surprised me because it's like if you, once you can channel you're addicted to it you know it it's more than just an ability it's almost a an affliction in that way it, it, it the way it is described it very much sounds like an addiction yeah so uh there the rand notices uh, that as they're going in the mat is looking super duper sick like these and this is this is rand's motivation here is that he wants to get the dagger for matt yeah his pale is, his skin is yeah. pale his cheeks are sunken in yeah and matt is a complete dick to everybody in this thing shocking I know, I know, Moyal has like a, this, this cute Ozier girl, and he's like got a little crush, and Matt's just like, oh, she's ugly, you know? Yeah, I yeah. know, right? I he's was like, like, dude. What the hell? Come on. That is not cool. Uh, but you know what? I, I have decided to build a case for Team Matt. Matt Let's hear it. You know, I, I gotta hear this. Matt is the only person here that is saying what he thinks. He's yeah. telling the truth, right? And you know what? He's right about Rand. Rand is a problem. They can't be friends anymore mm-hmm. because Rand is going to go crazy uh, and kill them all. I mean, I guess and that's what somebody needs to say. You don't have to be such a dick about it, though. Yeah, like you can. You can. There, there's definitely nicer ways to th- say those things without being like mean and hurtful. And Matt doesn't seem to care about that. Yeah, it's true. But he is saying those things, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, what? So, so what's the advantage of telling Loyal that you know the, this girl that he likes is ugly? <laughs> I mean, maybe Loyal didn't know she's ugly. No, that, that's hard to... Because <laughs> she's not ugly, right? To, no. To, for OG, she's pretty. Obviously, yeah. Loyal's like into her right away. 
But so, you know, he says, he says what he thinks, right? And it's valuable yeah. to have somebody who says what they think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Especially with these people who we've noted many times have a lot of trouble with communication. That's true. Matt does not have trouble with communication. You know exactly where he's at at all times. That is a good point. <laughs> That's my defense of that. <laughs> I honestly think that the three boys are the least interesting characters in this entire thing. Yeah. Because Perrin's just kind of... Dur, dur. And then Matt's an <laughs> asshole. And Rand, I just don't find a very interesting character right now. And he's Leonardo. You know, he's, he's boring. He's got leadership skills. Yeah. He's Cyclops. Sure. <laughs> yeah, everyone's least favorite characters. Leonardo and Cyclops. I like Cyclops. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree. But they're... Um, Ar- uh, avatars, right? They're they're archetypes, characters kind of. that are less interesting, so that you can project yourself into the world theoretically more interesting, more more easily through them, right? They're they're stupid, so they ask a lot of questions, so people can explain the interesting things to them. Oh, yeah. sure, maybe. I mean, and they they I guess they get better. I mean, I don't know. Do they? Do they? They do. Yeah, they get. I guess a little more interesting. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. They do. Is it that they get better, or they just get more stuff tacked onto them? I think they get more stuff, and that stuff is more interesting than these doofy farm boys. Yeah. <laughs> so we get lots of info about the steading here, and the the longing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So the yeah the steading uh, the Ogier yeah they wandered right after the Age of Legends because they had no steading anymore and they started dying. Yeah, it was from it the was, longing. It was interesting the way they described. It hadn't occurred to me, and I and I kind of wondered about this up until this point because. They talked before about how they lost the steading. I was like, they lost them, but... It was the breaking of the world. It was the breaking of the world. So, like, oceans moved around. Mountains were in different places. Like, the steading didn't necessarily move, but they didn't look like they Yeah, they literally lost them. Yeah. I mean, some of them might be under mountains and stuff now. Or under oceans. Yeah, that's a a very good point. So, I'm glad that they explained this because it made a lot more sense. It was interesting to hear that the longing was not a thing until they lost the steadings. It was the, the years that they weren't there that... Almost poison them, it sounds like. Yeah. And they sound very nice, too. The description mm-hmm. of it, they say they have a, the OGR have a blend of careful deliberateness with an almost childlike, carefree joyfulness. And they have these really nice mm-hmm. houses built into the into the earth. It sounds like a great place. Yeah, sounds it's kind of nice. hobbity. Yeah. Except giant. Even though, <laughs> giant once hobbits. again, we have the, um, the predatory women who are... Paying attention to Loyal. Yes, indeed yeah. we do. Yeah, the Robert Jordan special. <laughs> yeah. It is a truth universally acknowledged that an OGR must be in want of a wife. <laughs> yeah, Jane Austen wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> I think she did, right? Yeah. Before, yeah. yeah. And, you, and you, know how, you know how men are. If, if the women weren't there, then they just marry the trees, probably. I think is what they say. Yeah. More, you know, conniving and domineering women and, you know, poor yeah. browbeaten men. Well, it's just apparently an OGR culture. They... The women choose who their their sons are going to marry, and the sons don't have any voice in it. Uh, which is, yeah. And there's this, this weird moment where they're where Matt's like, "Well, that's stupid. Men tell women what to do where we're from." And Rand's like, "Well, do we?" Yeah, and then yeah. he starts realizing that people have totally been pushing him towards Egg Wayne since they were very little. Yeah, or he's thinking about how well, like you know, the only girls that would dance with me were Egg Wayne's friends, and Egg Wayne people that weren't Egg Wayne's friends wouldn't dance with me, mm. and like. Egwene's mom used to to hang to talk with Tam and like didn't look at me and whatever and uh, like, just, I guess this is like commentary or something yeah it's some kind of commentary because I is it well I what? mean remember Emmons Field there was it was a very big deal in Emmons Field that the women's circle was equivalent to the men's council I mean maybe Robert Jordan just finds it really amusing a really amusing idea that I'm these sure. women are controlling yeah 
Because it would be like that. I don't doubt that, yeah. And then we have what I think is the second most awkward encounter in the entire series so far. The friend moment? The friend conversation? No, no. Because I was talking about that conversation they all had, like, are we still friends? I'm your friend. I'm friends. We're friends. Where oh yeah, yeah. where loyal's try was it loyal's trying to find out if they're his friends or not or something yeah yeah and and they all declare their friendship and they have it's just like that conversation that Elaine and Egwene and, and Min, Min had, had. Yeah. yeah except these people actually know each other yeah, yeah. And, and they don't giggle at the end <laughs> they don't that's because they're men men don't men, giggle right, they, I'll never let a girl get in between me t <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah men roar with laughter yes of course. <laughs> I assume that's what it's like. I found that pretty cringy. What were you talking about? Uh, the people that they meet while they're the other oh, the humans Aiel? that they meet. Yeah. Yeah, they meet some Aiel, some maidens of the spear. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, up until this point, I got the impression that Aiel don't go outside of the waste ever. So the fact yeah. that they've met two sets of Aiel means that there's something going on. Well, the, the, remember the first one said they were going out searching for he who comes with the dawn. Yeah, and these don't say it, but I suspect it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. But as soon as they see each other, the the, the Aiel put on their black veils and, and come to attack. Uh, Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I just found the entire thing very awkward. Because these yeah. women, they... I just... The idea of, like, I, I know it's supposed to be a thing where they, they cover themselves before they get all murdery. But it just mm. sounded really stupid to me. Like, <laughs> they had to stop with... They, they saw these Shinerans. They stop, like, their dogs on point. They have to... Wrap the wrap around their heads, and then they're about to go murder them because reasons. Because they're Shinaran, I guess. Though I don't understand exactly. Shinarans fight Aiel. Not specifically, do they? I mean, they're no, they do. They're on the they the share... side of the blight that is next to the waste. So yeah. They fight them both. They fight the blight and they fight the Aiel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They they say it's they're Shinarans, and so they're they pull out their spears and get ready to rock. Yeah. And, and then Anozier comes along and is just like, what are you doing? Don't yeah. do that. Remember yeah. the pact. Yeah. And so then they stop um, and are super abashed and embarrassed that they you, drew their swords. You're right. I feel like they went zero to 60 way too fast. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it was very they, cringy. they know they're in the steading. They know they're in Ogier town. Yeah. Right? And that they're not the, you know, other people can come here, right? Yeah. Oh, there's these guys. I'm going to wrap my head. <laughs> Get out my sword. Oh, wait. That's right. They don't have swords. That's a big deal, right? No, they don't carry swords. Yes. Yep. And they, they they point they look at Rand carrying a sword and act all yeah all grossed out by it. Yeah. He's carrying a sword because he <laughs> looks like an Aiel. And then Matt makes the mistake of telling Rand, "Hey, they look just like you." And he's like, "I'm not an Aiel, guys." Despite that, every I, I forgot up until this point <laughs> that he's still in denial about this incredibly yeah. obvious. And Tamal Thor is my father. Yeah, yeah I know. It's, it's like, dude, everyone who point who who meets you thinks you're an Aiel, and then. Moraine and, and Varen and uh, the Amarlin seat tell you exactly how it happened. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and it's like, no, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to point out that, that uh, Huron says this place smells great. Like there was never any violence here ever. Yeah, that's nice for Huron because he I... probably smells evil a lot. What do the Ogier eat? Plants. Plants? Trees. So they have, do they have farms? We didn't see any farms. I think that they mentioned that they're farming don't they they, they spend they, they have all these tools and stuff they're going around with but they're working on the trees maybe they eat, maybe they eat humans <laughs> well, maybe they trade for it because they're builders maybe they trade their services for you know yeah. money and they it's go gotta be something like stuff. that but I, I always think this when robert jordan has one of these these idyllic peaceful societies like how are they how do they deal with other people how, how, what do they eat you know yeah, yeah like the tinkers 
Yeah, the yeah. Chink- I didn't know where they got their food. Like, yeah, how- they have vegetables, but they clearly don't have farms. Yeah, where food. are they getting all the vegetables, right? Yeah. Stealing it? Yeah. <laughs> Those darn tinkers. Right. And so Loyal is terrified for the entire time that he is in this setting that he will be married against his will. And I guess once he's married, it's over. His life is over. He can't do any of the stuff he wants to do anymore. Yeah, because because female osier don't let male osier leave the setting. Yeah. The thing. Yeah, and if you switch the sexes, like that would be horrifying if it was a young girl who was in there f- afraid that she was about to get married off. You're right. Yeah, like against that, her will. That could just something that could just happen to her. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's, I guess it's funny. <laughs> so they. Uh, they hang out for a little while in, like, the, the special human house that the Ogier have, which I really like because it's like the Ogier made a little house, but it's still kind of too big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still got it wrong. Yeah, like, all the stuff in it is just a little too big for you. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, no, it's small. Look how tiny it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. Sitting in big, uncomfortable chairs with their feet dangling. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Ogier, I mean, they probably just think it's cute. Because humans are probably pets then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's like, oh, look, <laughs> look, it's a little people house. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, Loyal does basically say at times, oh, I wonder what they're thinking. <laughs> like what they do with dogs. Thinking. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> These must be chasing rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> so chapter 36, Among the Elders. Uh, another Avenisora leaf. So uh, Rand and team goes to meet the elders. Yeah. Uh, they get summoned. And the elders are just these really old Ogier. I guess that's why they're the elders. And meanwhile, uh, Loyal, while they're doing this, Loyal is sitting outside, and there's like a a pack of lady Ogiers like standing and like staring at him and talking right. to each other. Yeah, it sounds kind of sinister. In a very threatening manner. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's trying to ignore them, but I, I, Ogier know that you can see their ears to see what emotion they have, right? I, I, I assume so, right? Like he's playing it cool, but his ears are all, like, twitching and stuff. Like, he knows that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, the Ogier elders are super-duper wise. And they're, I guess they're all super old, right? Probably hundreds of years old. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that when I was reading this. We know that Ogier and Loyal is young, and he's 90 years old. So, yeah, I don't know what, what an old Ogier is. I mean, potentially several hundred years old. Yeah. Do they live to be a thousand? I don't know. I don't know. What yeah, something is. in the neighborhood. Uh, but they say, basically, don't go in the ways. You'll die. Yeah. Uh, you'll go crazy. They show off like an Ogier. Like, like, <laughs> like, they, wheel out the crazy one. <laughs> yeah, the Ogier that's been hollowed out by the black wind. Because they, they live super, super long. So they actually have one that, that suffered from the ways. Yep. And he's a vegetable, which sucks. Yeah. And Varen is able to verify that there's no soul inside him. No, yeah, no nothing. No no thoughts, no no emotions, just a yeah. walking corpse. Yeah, and I, I can't imagine the people like in Rand's party kind of being like, yeah, we know. <laughs> We've been there. <laughs> we, we, yeah. we did it. Like, yeah. we, we get it. Understood. <laughs> we'll sign whatever form you want us to sign. <laughs> uh, but So they take him to the way gate, but Machin Shin is there. Yeah, that, man, this, they this open Machin it up Shin and is... There's Machin Shin still there, still trying to get out. I, I'm I'm having trouble with this a little bit. So, okay, Padden Fane we assume is responsible for the, the Machin Shin sitting in front of these way gates, right? Yeah. Uh, but Padden Fane wants him to get there. In fact, when he's talking to the Shan Chen, he says that Rand is only a couple days behind him. He it seems like he thinks that Rand's going to be taking the way gates. Right, that makes sense. That's yeah, what you point. said makes sense. What Pat and Fane did does not make sense. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand what the game is here. Like blocking the way gates temporarily to like give them some time, padding time. That makes sense. But like making it so it's impossible for them to take the way gates. 
Does he think that he, does he want know. to force them to walk across the world? It seems like he wants to kill Rand. Yeah, right? but he won't just go at him. Why? Yeah, why? He's why like not ambush Rand in, in the place? Right. I mean, why not have killed him when he was still just a peddler too? Yeah. Well, that was before he went all insane. And mm. Yeah, that was before more death and everything. I think at that point he didn't want to kill Rand. Mm. I think the obsession with Rand happened as a result of the Dark One's later doings and the blend of the, the special cocktail of corruption that he's become. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but yeah, like I don't understand. I understand from a a plot perspective why you would want Machinchen there, but I don't understand why Patton Fane would do that. It doesn't make sense for me, for his plans. It doesn't. Maybe he's just crazy. Yeah. But that's not a very satisfying uh, reason for all this stuff to be happening. He, yeah, Patton Fane doesn't seem to think this is going to stop them from the way he was talking to Lord Turok. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sure what his game is. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Shin is on his own. Maybe he didn't... Maybe it, it mixed with Patton Fane and... Became obsessed with Rand. Became obsessed with Rand. Became obsessed with Rand. <laughs> <laughs> Start following him around. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, so maybe if Rand just, like, rode a horse by himself, everybody else could go through the ways. Mm. So, uh, they can't go through that way, because there's Shin. so they decide to use the portal stones Yay, instead. Yay, portal jumping! Oh, boy. That worked out so again. great last time. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, and there just so happens to be one right nearby. How convenient. The wheel yeah. provides with the, what you need. It's, I think something Varen says something like that. Yeah. So, chapter 37, what might be... And there's an icon of a stone. Uh, this is a fun chapter. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this too. Yeah. So they, they go to the stone, and uh, Varen actually knows very useful information. Yeah, she mm-hmm. gives him kind of a crash course in stone navigation. Yeah, she's like, I only know three symbols. One of them is the symbol for Tomon Head. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be more of this Taveran, like, random chance turning out well, because that seemed, like, very convenient. Yeah. Well, we also get a, um, a good example of how the Aes Sedai don't lie but they withhold mm-hmm. the truth because she pulls Rand off to the side and says, Rand and says Rand has been transported by a portal stone more recently than I have. And she pulls him over so she can have a little chat with him. And then she says, I've never used a stone. So you have used it more recently than I have. <laughs> I call BS. That is a straight up lie. Yeah. If you say it, the implication, if you say you've used it more recently than I have, is that you have used it. Apparently the implication doesn't count. For I said I lie lie. Yeah, that's not a true statement, right? You can't assign a truth value of mm-hmm. truth to that. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, using it at any point is more recently than never, right? No, it's not so? true. It's, it's a meaningless to say more recently than never. It has never happened before. It's not more recent than never. It's like saying two plus two equals duck. You know, it is a meaningless statement. It's a binary. It Either you've used it or you haven't. Hmm. All right. That's okay. what I think. Well, apparently I, the Aes Sedai lie machine disagrees with you. <laughs> However it works, right? Yeah. However it defines a lie, which is... I, I, I find that entire concept actually difficult to accept because lies and lie and truth are are somewhat subjective Yeah, it has anyway. to be subjective I mean, somehow because you have to be able... Because like what what if you don't know you can't tell the truth right exactly right it can't be that it can't be just false statements even if you don't know because then you could like learn things by trying to say them and see if they're true right yeah and we know that they can't say them not that like they shouldn't say them or something happens they catch on fire or something yeah yeah so it's yeah it's it's interesting right it's it's I I understand that it's useful for like a plot device but I find it frustrating logically (laughs) (laughs) yeah. 
but so, probably not supposed to think too much about it. Right. So, uh, but Varen is having Rand try to use the stone. Um, she says, you know, if I tried to use it, I just, I blow up. <laughs> Way <laughs> too much power right for her. And she, she doesn't seem super concerned about it, which I thought was kind of weird. And then she's like, well, you're Tavarin, so you probably won't die. Because <laughs> she's, she's yeah. talking about it. She's like, you know, they say that some worlds have air that you can't breathe. In some worlds, you might burst into flames, but we'll probably be fine because you're Tavarin. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I wonder if she's really so blasé or is it because she's like this brown Aja emotionless researcher person. Just like, I want to see what happens. That, yes. That's a good point. Uh, I don't care both. if we end up on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> then I can write about writing and being on Mars. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So Rand does it. He, I guess, I was a little confused here, but he touches the Tomon head symbol and one of the other symbols. I guess it's kind of like a control panel. Mm. I, yeah, I, I guess so. It's it's unclear. I, I, getting back, he just focused on a symbol, like looked at it, and then you know, channeled yeah. it like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Right. So there's a symbol for this world. There's also a symbol for different places in this world and there's a symbol for something else mm-hmm. right and that's the one he just picked randomly yeah a yeah. circle with uh, some arrow pointing towards Tomon Ed he's like sure why not <laughs> yeah uh, and so it does not do exactly what he wants it's it, uh, apparently has him live through a bunch of different alternate lives that he might have had yeah uh, in, in quick succession yeah it, it, he, he lives and dies all these alternate dimensions i suppose yeah really fast and it's I, I love the way robert jordan writes this because Varen is saying basically this is not right but you get like one or two words at a time in between these these long sections of describing Rand's different lives yeah so it just comes back and Varen's like this is and, and then you go back it's really cool yeah i like that too and yeah. after each one the same thing happens the dark one whispers yeah, I've, I've got you again, lose Theron. I have one again, lose Theron. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah the first life, uh, Rand dies in the Winter Night attack. Right? That's right. Like Tam is not able to to fight off the Trollocs, and Rand tries to save him, just gets killed. And then he has a life where he lives in Emmons Field, and he never leaves. And uh, he marries Egwene, and eventually goes crazy and starts rotting because yeah. of the power. Yeah, more than one, he starts rotting and right. Yeah, which pretty pretty much sucks, but then. The Trollocs come and, and conquer the world and kill everybody, and he dies in the last fight against the Trollocs. Yeah. This so one was sucks. super depressing. Yeah. Yeah, and then the yeah, I, I wanted to note in that one they they mentioned that the the Shanshan had come and conquered and salted the White Tower, right? That you know, brought it down and salted the earth. Uh, but even they weren't able to stop the Dark One, so even they can't. Yeah, which is uh, I guess that's their real objective, right? It'd be the Shanshan. We don't. I guess we don't know a whole lot. But if they, if we, if we accept they're the descendants of Archer Hawkwing, they're not necessarily "quote unquote" the bad guys. Mm-hmm. But they're they they think that they're there to fight the Dark One too, right? Do they? I think that's the idea. I, I'm not sure though. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Then we get yeah the sad one where where Rand leaves Emmons Field uh, because Egwene dies, right? Yeah, Egwene dies, and uh, I assume from channeling, or from yeah, from channeling, yeah, she dies from channeling, yeah. yeah, like which is what uh, Moraine said could happen if you don't not trained, right? And Rand leaves and becomes because it has his father's sword. Uh, he he becomes a swordsman in the the Queen's Guards and goes crazy, and everybody knows he's crazy, and he knows he can channel, and he, he uses it to win fights. Yeah. And, and eventually is fighting in, against the Trollocs in the last battle, and he just is insane and rotting. It's like fingers are falling off. Yeah. Uh, and he starts throwing fireballs from the parapets and eventually gets destroyed by their channelers. 
uh, and just seems awful. It's like a completely different person that yeah. become. And in this one, we meet Min and Elaine as well, but of course he doesn't have the same relationship with yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he avoids Min because she says crazy things about him. Yeah. And he, right. he longs for a relationship with Elaine, but she's he's just a soldier. Yeah, a, a crazy, rotting soldier. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, and then at the end of that one again, I have one again, Luz Theron. I love this part. So this has happened, and um, we get these specific scenes, but then Robert Jordan, uh, instead of keeping continuing to describe the scene, says, He was a soldier. He was a shepherd. He was a beggar and a king. He was farmer, gleeman, sailor, carpenter. He was born, lived, and died in Aiel. He died mad. He died rotting. He died of sickness, accident, age. He was executed, and multitudes cheered his death. He proclaimed himself the dragon reborn and flung his banner across the sky. He ran from the power and hid. He lived and died, never knowing. And it keeps going, and they talk about all these different possibilities. And I thought this was just really beautifully written. Mm Mm-hmm. All these different possibilities that there are in that he had in life. Yeah, and, and you can and you can kind of see where they would go. I mean, like how he might become a gleeman. Just just even in the things that we have seen, like he could have become a gleeman under Tom's tutelage. He could have become a sailor after after meeting with uh, Bail Domon. You know, there, there are all these yeah. branches that you can kind of see where they'd come from mm-hmm. in what we see. Yeah, Egwene married him. Egwene stern-faced in the stole of the Amarlin seat, led the Aesidae who gentled him. Egwene, with tears in her eyes, plunged a dagger into his heart, and he thanked her as he died. And here's the fun part, because we have a shout-out to Elsie Grinwell. The, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it says, He loved other women, married other women, Elaine and Min, and a fair-haired farmer's daughter met on the road to Camelin. Yep. So, <laughs> That's right. The one who was trying to sneak into his bedroom and was ogling him while he was shirtless and cutting wood or whatever it was. <laughs> She yeah. left a real impression on this story. Yeah, <laughs> she did, right? <laughs> of course, he doesn't even remember her name. Yeah. Despite living a whole life where he married her. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not worth mentioning. You know? There's <laughs> yeah. nothing to write home about, apparently. <laughs> right. And so he's, he's living these lives, and it just flicker, 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 and they eventually get spit out on the other side in Tomon Head. Uh, and, but some things I wanted to note are always the same. He can always channel, yeah. mm-hmm. right? He's always looks like an Aiel. He always looks. He's always from Emmons Field. Yeah. So these are all potential things that could have happened after he was born, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're not like di- totally different storylines. They're all results of his choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's. I think that's interesting. You know. Yeah. That's the the message is that, you know, you, the future is not set. Yeah. There are there are choices that you can make, but you you start with the same tools, I guess. Yeah. And apparently that happened to everyone, not just him. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty messed apparently up. Everybody's just puking. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone reacts poorly to it. Perrin's lying on the ground, scraping it, scratching in his eyes. Yeah. Matt is curled up into a ball. Yeah, I take uh, that to mean Perrin had the wolf all the time. Yeah, I think you're right. And Massima wept or openly, and he was one of the badass, hard, hardest core guys. Yeah. Nope. Intar was, like, holding his sword so hard he was shaking. Yeah, yeah I, I would really like to know what all these people saw. I know, yeah. right? Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting chapter. I would, I mean, you know, I I don't know if there'd be room to see alternates for everyone, but I, I mean, yeah. But yeah. I, I, Matt comes out, you know, freaked out. He's like, I would never betray you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what did he see? You know? Yeah, Rand's like, I guess he betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's different choices, right? Choices they didn't make. Yep. But at the end, when he dies, he hears, I have won again, lose Theron. Right. Who do you think that is? The Dark One, right? That would be the Dark One, right? So the Dark One talks in his head? The Dark One's watching him or something? Well, I think the Dark One... Okay, so it always happens when he dies. We know that if he dies, the Dark One is there, right? Yeah. Every time, because he's Lord of the Dead. Well, yeah, in none of these 
the ones we get, did he uh, become the Dragon Reborn and fight? Yeah, true. Yeah, so he never, these are all, every single possible life here, he never actually defeats the Dark One. That's right. Yeah. Which, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, in a way, it's reinforcing what he's doing right now, I guess. Yeah, and that's what the Baalzamon said, is this This happens over and over and over again. We've done this a million times, we'll do it a million times more. Yeah, the Dark One doesn't even bother to learn their names anymore. He's like, <laughs> yeah. you're all loose there. <laughs> yeah, so does he ever, uh, does Rand ever win? Right? Does Luz Theron ever win at this point? Is that, the Dragon Reborn fated to lose? Yeah, that that the Dark One definitely seems to think so. Or, or or at least that's what he tells Rand. It's like, you don't stand a chance. Every time we do the same thing, and every time I win. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fascinating. It's, this is, like, this is where Robert Jordan really had a genius. This mm-hmm. creativity. Yeah. yeah. I uh, loved it. So, yeah, they're on Tomon Head, but... Oops, it's months later. Like four <laughs> months later. And they, I think that they said it would have taken them two months or three months to travel. Yeah, on horseback. Horse. So that's that's a that's a screw-up. Well, Oops. okay. But at least we don't have to read about those four months of travel. That's true. Think about it that way. Yeah, that, this is speaking, Robert Jordan hitting the fast-forward button for us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, you know, speaking of the genius of Robert Jordan, it definitely is not in travel chapters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, they head west. After the stuff, because, well, what are you going to do? It's yeah. four months later. Yeah, and, and we, that, I, I wonder, yeah, I, I'm very curious what's going to happen with, going to have happened with Pat and Fane over the last four months, because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we're missing a lot of information now. That's true. Cool. So, anything else you guys want to talk about? I'm curious what the, what the point is going to be of ha- them jumping forward four months. I wonder if the, what the literary reason is for that, if Robert mm-hmm. Jordan has a purpose. I think he wants to show some other stuff happening. Okay. I mean, he. Yeah, I think I think we the could next have few had chapters the, are gonna. What's the difference? Rewind. What's the difference here, between what what happened and him saying, and they rode to the Tom on Head, over over the next <laughs> few months. You know. Oh, well, you get this cool thing. This is, you know, more awesome than just riding a horse for a while. So you see all the alternate lives you could have led. I did like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There's that's not an uncommon thing in science fiction, right? There have been other books where that happens, where people see the different lives that they could have had, the different choices they could have made. I mean, that's like yeah. a number of Star Trek episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the what do they call it? The many worlds hypothesis. The yeah. idea that infinite world. Yeah, the, I don't know if they that quantum physicists still think this way, but the idea that all these different worlds could have happened, mm-hmm. uh, and they and you can't tell which one is actually going to happen. It was, it's one of the ways they can make, make their uh, quantum equations line up and actually work is if you posit that they're, that everything is happening, that there are many different worlds where all these different like quantum level things uh, occurred in different ways. Mm-hmm. So and that reminds me of the the only other time he used the portal stone, too, when they end up in that world where Art, I think Arthur Hawkwing's army was not successful and the world was overrun with Trollocs. Remember yeah. the world where he meets Selene? Because yeah. everything's very pale because it's something that could have happened, but was unlikely. Yeah, it was very unlikely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Viren says one, some of the worlds are so unlikely that they barely hold together at all. Mm-hmm. And she intimates that it would be bad uh, to <laughs> go to one of Seems worlds. like you wouldn't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which might have he- actually been what they saw. Uh, a world where things were only narrowly held together. Yeah, the, the many worlds in like in quantum theory, they're always they're. It's like every possible quantum interaction w- of which there are an uncountable number happening all around around us at any time. Yeah. And most of those worlds are exactly the same as ours, except one electrons in a different place. It doesn't make any difference. Mm. 
Uh, but there's an infinite number of the world, so eventually, you know, there are some where a lot of things are very different, and these stones seem to be like a system to pick out interesting other things that could have happened. Well, the the they're made by Aes Sedai, who studied the alternate world, so presumably they wouldn't... Yeah, they said that they were Aes Sedai who knew the numbers of chaos. Yeah, I wondered what that... that was. That was what does that mean? Chaos theory? Yeah. Right? Like the, the, the idea that, that small changes in the initial variables can create really broad differences in the outcomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is exactly what we're seeing here, right? Relatively small changes, like, you know, Rand decides to marry a queen and stay in Emmett's field can creates a completely different outcome for the entire world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Presumably. I, I don't know what the actual outcome is going to be. Well, probably, for, so, for probably someone... Probably not he goes crazy in Emmett's field. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Well, because he's Tavarin, it changes the entire pattern of the cloth. Right, so his, his decisions, his alternate worlds might be a little bit crazier than other people's alternate worlds. Oh yeah, so that's that's the core idea: is his decisions are affecting everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just him. Yeah, though I guess both Matt and Perrin are also Tavarin, so theirs were probably pretty crazy too. Yeah, yeah, I bet they were. Yeah, but but so so, I wonder if all of the people who tra- who traveled with Rand just then were seeing his alternate worlds. What, their place in his alternate worlds. That's a good oh, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters 38 through 42 of The Great Hunt. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at the dragonreread.com. Uh, please share us with anybody you'll think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Uh, please like us in real life. We're very likable. I'm not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.